Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Music by Kevin McLeod. Hey man, let's go on a bike ride. Come on, look at look at my new wheel. They're sweet. Hi, there are really just two types of people. Those who say, I can't. And those who say, I can. These people have been summoned here by themselves for their 1,700 different reasons. Their unity comes from their mantra, I can. And their destination, a place they absolutely have to get to. What they will do to get there is monumental by anyone's standards, even their own. Hey, sometimes it's the timing, sometimes it's the course, but if all else fails, you can always blame it on... You did it wrong! That's how it's supposed to be. That's our always interest. You know, it's like, been so blame long. It on, blame it on what? Blame it on us. Blame it on Pack Filler. Oh, blame it on Pack Filler. Oh, okay. Now I get it. I, you didn't even... I, I was like... You're screwing me up. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The All rest the rest of the time, time you're pack filler. Sometimes, like, you're you can, pack sometimes you can blame it on the timing. Sometimes you can blame it on the on the course. But if all else fails, blame it on us. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, that is actually somewhat apropos. Smooth opening professional broadcasters we are. Boy, you can tell it's been a while. we got to get back on this old horse. Welcome back to the Pack Filler Podcast. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hodson. And we are here. It has been a, a little spell, but we've got... A month. We've got some excuses and some really damn good excuses. I'd say good excuses. Oh, well, I hope you do. Um, I do? Somebody had a play. Oh, so, well, okay. So there's partial my fault, but we'll get into that part. In the All show. your fault. We can't, we can't uh, continue on with, with the broadcast without thanking uh, the, David over at the Sufferfest. You know, it's kind of coming down to his off-season, unless you're down in Australia where it's getting cold. Um, Bummer. Yeah, but yeah, it's our turn. Um, and we have a lot of friends in Australia, so hi, good day, good day. I still say the water flows the other way, but I'm I'm going to move on. If if any of our Australian listeners would love to comment on this, I would. Uh, I would like that too. I'd like that. So we did have an Australian gal comment, yeah. and I yeah. I do forget her name, and I apologize to her in advance, but uh, I I do remember she referred to herself as a fixie douchebag. Yeah. yeah, but she's not, and no, um, we agreed that she was not. So. Whoa. Because she kind of sounded like she knew what she was talking about. Ah, she sounded fast to me. She sounded like kind of a badass. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we uh, definite thanks to Dave McQuillan over at the Sufferfest. If you have not checked out those... those 
Amazing. Amazing videos. You, you'd better get your butt in there and do it. Um, and go through our link, please, as I say at the beginning of every show. If you have an Android device and you want to download our shows, far easier than, oh, I don't know, clicking all the way over to iTunes. Uh, you can do that, too. We have an Android app. It's on our website. You can check that out. We also have Twitter, Facebook, all kinds of stuff like that. I don't know what's going on with Facebook lately because there are a lot of you people logging on to our Facebook page rather than the site. That's probably because... The shows are all posted to Facebook too, so you can get them there. But thank you, yeah, absolutely, thank you. It's been it's been nice. Um, wow, you know, and and moving on, we've got a lot of stuff coming on this summer. A lot of events that have have happened. A lot of them that are going to happen. So we're going to kind of catch up. I think it's time to to maybe do some of that. Uh, first of all, I, I show start every show with the same question: How's the training coming? Poorly. Oh God! Thank God you're saying that. poorly. Poorly, poorly. <laughs> um, I have failed in my goals for the year. Um, All of them already. Already. <laughs> You're just scrapping the year. <laughs> I think I'm scrapping the year as far as cycling is concerned. I am considering, I think the dream that was a Reve, I think could live very nicely next year. I think we need to be a little more organized. Yeah. But uh, I would love to race next year, but I'm thinking about starting training for an Ironman for my 40th birthday. Oh, so, God. I think I could do both. I could just do a little more focus on the ride. I've lost him. He's gone back to the dark side. I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm tossing it around. I would need a program. The thing I need is a program, and uh, I haven't had one. Well, just... And it kills me. I need to find a pharmaceutical rep. There's Actually, that'll program. be that'll be later in the, the show. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's. I mean, how's your training going, Pat? My training is rock solid. If, Good to hear. If you're referring to the crapper as rock solid, <laughs> um, I've you know, and and I've always just, I've as I've said before, I guess it's kind of along the same me- uh, mindset of the of the classic bike shop owner. If you want to never ride your bike again, open a bike shop. If you never want to race again go into the announcing business. Yeah. Because a lot of the big races now that we'd all like to train for aren't we're either announcing or we're somewhere else announcing or something like that. Um now I know Roger's probably gonna chime in immediately saying, Hey, Whitefish is is this weekend, why aren't you going? But nobody's going. Nobody's going now. Nobody's okay. going. Our entire team has bailed on that race. That's my understanding. And that's just sad. <laughs> We had the new thing. It was like at the beginning of last year, it was like, it's all new. It's fun. It's awesome. And now it's like, eh. Yeah, I I guess I'm not really ready to scrap it at all. No, 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 um, no, no. I do think I I did let life. And I, I think that's maybe that's a show in of itself is, you know, consistently letting life get the better of you. Because this year, um, me personally, I had a few changes. Um, <laughs> you know, and I really, my focus has not been on the bike at all. And it was for a few weeks and I had a couple really good weeks of training and then I just let life take over. And there's really, I have the time to train. I just didn't utilize that time. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I, well, yeah, I'm mean, here. I was finally as you know, a shocker. If in case our listeners didn't know this, we have outside jobs outside of this industry, but, uh, here I'm I'm approaching my free time. I teach school. Here it's a super free time, and I have all these things going on. I was so psyched to get ready to train. And then all of a sudden, I, I started the Time Crunch program with Chris, that Chris Carmichael and, and Jim Rutberg uh, book, which is a great book. 
Finally started it. I think I've talked about it for about four years on the show. It feels like probably about four years. Pack filler is also synonymous with procrastinator. Exactly. And uh, we are excellent <laughs> at both. So I finally started it, and then all of a sudden, bam, I got sick this weekend. And if, if you can't tell from my nice nasally tones in the voice this, uh, this show, I'm still kind of coming down off of that. So hopefully, you know, it's the classic I'll start next week. Pat Bulger and the Velvet Pipes. It is. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So, you know, and I guess I guess we could probably start with the most important uh, major announcement here in terms of, um, yeah, you said you had some commitments. Um, I, I did. And one of the, the first, the, the biggest one is I did marry my beautiful wife, Leisha. Um, Six more signs to the apocalypse. That's true. The first seal hath broken. <laughs> is that a horseman? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is he just coming down? Really? 22nd, huh? Oh, cool. um, uh, wow, I wouldn't have thought that. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, and we'll have Quran references later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, just we like to be equal opportunity. But, um, oh, God. The, uh, no, I did. I married my wife, and, uh, I got to admit, it's great. It's quite an adjustment because really we didn't live together. I've lived with, um, significant others before, but I mean, I think being married and living together, that's a bit of an adjustment after being single for almost 10 years. Yeah. And, so, well, I got to say it was awesome as, as somebody who was actually privileged enough to not only be there for the, uh, the wedding, but also the bachelor party itself. Very, very, uh, memorable moments. Um, oh. let's start with the bachelor party. Shall we? I, I teased about this in a show about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I said, I can't talk about it until we get to the show. I was blown away. Um, I think highlight that honestly one of the highlights of my life. I mean, it sounds it sounds funny to say, and and with no regrets. I mean, to come back from a bachelor party as the highlight of one of your life. Now, as a highlight of your life, getting married to Le- you, Leisha, of course, the highlight. Um, but uh, <laughs> love you, Pookie Bear. <laughs> love you, Pookie Bear. <laughs> but when we're talking about the um, bachelor party, I can't say enough about it. I had no idea, and I and I purposefully kept myself in the dark. I didn't pry. I didn't check in. You things. had no idea. I wanted to be surprised. Wow. And uh, it was the best. I could have ever imagined. And you know what? The weather cooperated. I mean, oh. it, you could not have asked for a better a better. Um, bachelor party. This was a true bike geeks bachelor party. Oh you, yeah, you got to admit. So uh, so let's paint the picture here a uh-huh. little bit. Roger Thompson, your best man. Absolutely, and, and he was tasked with uh, planning a bachelor party, and he kind of felt me out a little bit beforehand. He said, "What do you want to do?" Yeah. And I said, "You know, maybe something cool." I said, "I'm going to be getting married really soon afterwards. Like, if you do it on one day, I'll be getting married the next day. But I mean, we're coming down to the week." So and and I said I really don't want strippers. I've never really been that guy. Um, n- none of my friends are either. It doesn't seem like anybody no. that I know really goes ooh strip clubs. Yeah, you know I just <laughs> I don't think there was really anybody there that. I mean we all like naked women. Don't get me wrong, it's fabulous. But just for whatever reason that environment's never really been for me. And so and and neither was it for Roger. I did his bachelor party, and thank God I didn't get a stripper because I know payback would have been just unbelievable. <laughs> what happened? Well, I don't know, but there was twenty ugly strippers. Um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, what he what he did was he never seen so many scars. Yeah, he planned. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you could do a cesarean that high up. Um, <laughs> All of our listeners, uh, that could be edited out of the nah. final cut. But, um, but, uh, um, 
So he planned a ride, and I didn't know anything about what the ride was until the day of. And, I mean, what did you hear about the ride prior to – I mean, it was a big email, I guess. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it was – I mean, it was the whole shooting match. Mar- uh, your Mark. Uh, Roger's, Roger's good at all that kind of stuff in yeah, terms he is. of uh, getting the word out and getting notifications out. We were told that you did not know – we had to show up at a specific time at, at Roger's house, and we were planning on doing this ride. And for those of you not from the immediate Spokane area who do not know the Wild Rose Prairie course or the course of the Seven Hills, um, I'm sure a lot of our friends who had been to Spokane back in the Olympic trials or for the Washington Trust Classic know this course. This is, I mean... It's a world-famous course. It is. And I, I honestly think that to ride this course for somebody like me who's a non-climber... It is it is the road to hell. It is so nasty. It's steep. It's a horrible course. It's thirty five miles. You would think it was more. Yes, with seven mountaintop style climbs. I mean, brutal hills that yeah. you wouldn't think existed in the Spokane area. I mean, steep, steep, tough climbs. I mean, fortunately, I mean, you know, and and let me let me start out when I showed up, you know, to have a bachelor party. You know, you always kind of, I mean, it, it really is kind of a moment because you don't get to plan that. So it's like, well, who who, who are my friends? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, who's showing? And, uh, you know, it was pretty spectacular to see the, the turnout of the cycling, the cycling people that I knew and, you know, knew for many years and also yeah. the triathlon group that showed up and. And just, you know, Brant, my friend Brant showed up on a mountain bike and just powered his way through it like you wouldn't believe. Mutant, that man Yeah, was. that guy's that yeah. guy's super fit. Um, but just some fit, great people, all with an eye to having fun. Yeah. And what a great attitude everybody had. And, I mean, it was the most positive, most, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was, to be the center of that was really special. I mean, you can't, you can't say, it was humbling. Yeah. I mean... It was really cool. There's like 15, 20 of us. Yeah. And a couple guys in the car. My brother showed up. He drove the car. Um, it was a tough course. I mean, so oh, God. if you were a non-rider, you might have been inclined not to go. But uh, so what was the plan? The plan was to do a sugar at well, the top of every hill. First of all, we start off with a yellow jersey that we gave you that yeah. everybody signed. And even on the back end of it, there was a nice little design with an arrow pointing down that said ass. It was kind of nice. It yeah. was just, you know, for our enjoyment, yeah. not necessarily for yours. Yeah. And, uh, so the plan was we were supposed to have something that reportedly mm-hmm. is your favorite or reminds Roger of you. Or when you think of this, you think of Mark. Yeah. At the top of every climb. Yeah. This was. Oh, um, it was a sugar run is basically what it was. It was unbelievable because, I mean, nobody in that group, it was a fit group. (laughs) Nobody in that group started out diabetic. (laughs) (laughs) We, we started off with a bag of big league chew in your mouth. Everybody had to fit as much of that bag into their mouth and ride the first few miles to the top of the first climb now, with gum in your mouth. Now, now for our Australian friends and anybody else who's <laughs> foreign, Big League Chew is a bag of bubble gum. Yeah. And it's full of sugar and it's the equivalent of I want to say 20 sticks of gum. It's so much gum. It's a lot of gum. I mean, it you are choking on sugar. Yeah. 
to start. And the flavor's gone usually right about the time we rolled out of Roger's driveway. Yeah. But it's still slurry. And I'm, so anyway, we, we yeah. go down. I still don't even know where we're going, but I was doing the math when I'm driving up to you Roger's house. Oh, you didn't know the ride? I didn't know the ride. Oh. I, I kept myself that much in the dark. Wow. I didn't ask. I showed up ready to ride. <laughs> and I, I sit there and I'm going, I, I looked up to five mile prayer. I'm like... Well, that's a potential. Yeah, that's that's. I thought Mount Spokane. That's a potential. Oh God! I thought um, I Mount thought, Spokane for our non-Spokane listeners. Yeah. That's an HC climb, yeah. easily category three thousand vertical feet, yeah. and it's. Uh, I've heard tougher than Lapduez. Yeah, I would. Uh, no, well, I'm saying Pat and I, I are probably going to go chase the tour next year, and we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll exactly. Do a, we'll do a remote. Yeah. Um, Anybody who wants to sponsor that trip, please get in touch with us now. We'd be happy to do it. Absolutely. Um, no problem. And in fact, <laughs> we'll probably do it for airfare plus beer. Yeah. Um, especially at the top of Bob Duas. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we take that right onto what's Rudder Parkway, which is the first major right. And that's where my heart went, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the mouth, actually, with the mouthful of gum, it was more of a. <laughs> because it was just disgusting. You can't breathe and chew that big, huge wad of gum at the same time. Even so, through your nose. Yeah. So we get to the top of the first climb with all this gum in our mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, fortunately, there was a garbage receptacle there, so we could all spit that wonderful Treat. wad of death Some out. people did not. No. Really? I don't think there, there are a few that kept oh, that in man. the whole time. It was impressive. So the first hill top prize was one of the classic vanilla and this orange. This is true. No, it's just vanilla. Oh, it was just vanilla? See, ice cream I, cups. And this is this is actually true. Is As far as ice cream is concerned, I generally like vanilla. I, oh. I just think it's fine. You know, <laughs> I really, it's it's one of my favorite flavors. I think it's delicious. And so if I don't really know any of the other flavors and I'm not feeling like something different, I'll just get vanilla. And it's Vanilla is one of the classics anyway. I mean, you can always, you, you never go wrong with vanilla. And it's delicious. Yeah. I mean, it's like, get a vanilla shake sometime. It's delicious. So anyway, he hands out vanilla ice cream, so he did a cup of a little, vanilla ice cream. Those little goofy cups. Yeah, no spoons. No. Uh, oh, there weren't. Usually it has the little f- no flat spoons. wooden spoon attached to it. I think we used it. the foil from the tops yep. and yep. our fingers. Yep. And it was and I, delicious. I remember placing my gum in the the empty cup after I it was finished. I kept my gum in for that first, oh, after God. the first hill. So then the first hill was that, and that's a good climb. It's a solid climb, probably what I third of a mile yeah but, not, but it was more steep yeah it's than, a little steep long. Yeah, yeah it's not bad so the second climb sweet tarts roll of sweet tarts that was that was a little tough to choke down about halfway through that hurt my tongue yeah i i love sweet tarts anyway. I do you hit my soft spot I well of course do. you do it, it was it was all patterned after you although yeah. i think some of them might be a little questionable absolutely but uh package of sweet tarts so you can imagine this you know think about riding these hills and things like that with all this stuff in your system we're all still doing okay everybody's yeah. laughing about it and, and and doing this stuff sweet tarts Pedal on. Then we had the long road, apparently. To perdition. Yeah. With, with after, after work traffic, everybody had to get home and catch the news in time, and we were apparently keeping and them we away from that approved we were destination. Certainly a pack. Oh, yeah. So we, we were bigger than some races. Yeah. We were bigger than state criterium championships last yeah. year. Junior yeah. championships. Bigger than every junior field yeah. in the Inland Northwest. I mean, it was a big field. I'd say it was 15, 20 guys. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it was awesome. Half of them triathletes, so they're terrified to draft. Not a lot of them leading out the descents. No. no. <laughs> so uh, we get to the top of 
Big Sandy, which is a nasty climb. That's probably my least favorite climb yeah. of all of them because it's steep and it's longer. Yeah, it's way long, and uh, it's a half mile climb, maybe maybe point seven. Yeah, so we get to the top of that one, and it's steep. It's six percent, seven percent. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's got to be. It's yeah, steep. It's steep. But we get to the top of that one, and it's time for, as Roger says, whenever he comes over to Mark's house, Mark says, "You want something to drink?" Yeah. And he hands you a. Warm Coke. A warm can of Coke. Now, the reason for this, this is actually a true story, too. so bad. This is a true story. My parents, I never bought groceries, really. And quite frankly, I didn't really drink that much soda as a kid. And uh, so my parents would buy Coke, but the reason they bought Coke was to mix it with liquor. And so when they... (laughs) I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. They, they would mix it with liquor. And so what's liquor always on is ice. So they'd never so put the Coke in the fridge. So okay. if people came over, you'd get a warm Coke. <laughs> so we all cannonball back a uh, a warm Coke. I that was, one hurt a little bit. I wish I would have had a pocket knife to just do the hole in the bottom of the can and just shoot it all back. Like Seems like we college. got the warm Coke before the, the top of Big Sandy. No, that was right at the top because I got my first interview with you. And by the way, I'm playing with the audio of this uh, nice. this movie. So I got to try and get it uploaded so everybody can see the audio from those moments. God, that was fun. So we have the warm Coke. Continue on to the second half of this fun, this one long climb because double uh, double here yeah, I'm double trouble it. goes next because yeah. Big Sandy ends and then you just kind of take a turn and start up the next it's probably climb. a third of a mile yeah. from big from the top of Big Sandy you get a flat spot for about a third of a mile yeah. and you go then you're climbing again up, yeah straight up double trouble and that was fun dip yep the two sticks fun dip which I will confess here to you now delicious I didn't open. Because I thought, I'm saving this thing. I'm not going to eat this now. I These were my favorite as a kid. I wish the sticks from Fun Dip came in their own container oh, I just love so those. I could eat the sticks they all day long. And it's just powdered sugar, and you, you use the stick with your own spit to, to make it something special. But let's give let's give Paul Main his props here. Because Paul Main, former member of Team Spokane, holy cow, there's True Grit. I he mean, John thing, Wayne, didn't he? Um, who's the new True Grit guy? Uh, Jeff Bridges. John Wayne, Jeff Bridges. No. They are looking up to Paul Maine. <laughs> Paul Maine, the only thing he misses is an eye patch. This guy pounded the Coke, done before anybody, and Longest. did all three packages, I believe, yeah. of the Fun Dip. No problem. No after sticks. Everything he, didn't even, he didn't use the no. sticks. He just, he just t- he chugged downed, He downed packets of sugar after sugar. Oh, God. Next climb. True grit. Next climb, the one that I... That's the worst one. Next climb was the one I thought was a joke. I said, nobody really likes Necco wafers. I don't. Why is it assumed that they are one of your things? The reason was, I think, is (laughs) I would buy nibs or i would buy which i think are delicious. i like nibs they're they're like they're licorice roger would go well who, don't get a snickers bar i mean that's yeah. what we do is like when we're cycling or something you'd go and just you literally it would be a trip to the store to buy a candy bar and so everybody <laughs> would watch and of course i was the one who got made fun of because i'd get nibs for whatever reason and uh <laughs> but they're delicious and so i would get something roger's like what why don't you just get neckos and for some odd reason people thought that I liked Neckos, and I've never liked Neckos. Oh, I man. despise them. I think they're nasty. I did not eat those because how, I've how never. How do you describe Necco wafers for the non-candy? They're about aficionado. the size of a poker chip, and they taste like cloves. <laughs> 
some some of them are fruity. Cloves. They're yeah, they're brittle. They're dry. They're wrapped in this kind of a wax paper roll. They're old school. It would be. It would have been the treat of the 1870s. I mean, and I think that's when they stopped making them. Yeah. I, well, no, that's just left over because nobody bought them then either. I think we <laughs> joked about the fact that when when Roger and or his wife Jessie went in to buy you know twenty some rolls of Necco wafers, that store had to go. Oh shit! We got to get more. There's a run on Necco wafers. Where yeah. are we going to go? They're Fortune- buying stock. Yeah, fortunately, fortunately, I got this box in my basement, <laughs> hidden next to the old, you know, bootleg photograph, the bootleg liquor. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll be fine. I got nickels down there. They don't age. <laughs> Bathtub gin yeah, and yeah. nickels. I was throwing the licorice ones. I was releasing them back to the wild. They're oh. black licorice ones, and I was letting them go. Oh, and they're hideous. I found out from somebody later on. They said, "Why the hell did you throw those away?" I love Necco wafers, and I went. Wow. Paul know. downed, once again, True the Grid whole Paul. Roll. The whole down the whole roll, probably in under two minutes. God. He was a, he was a machine. I, I can't say enough. So continuing on this ride, having a lot of fun, you know, just just a ride with a bunch of guys and, and joking around and t- telling all stories. It's about 75 degrees out. Yeah. When we go to Nerds, Box of Nerds. Yeah. And then finally, our last climb, I think we finished with a warm Hawaiian punch. Once again, delicious. Oh man, I love Hawaiian punch. This, I yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Hawaiian punch, good, mm, yummy. Warm Hawaiian punch after thirty some miles when your mouth is so full of sugar. Oh, my metabolism took a hit that night. I mean, I don't know what oh. happened to me. I mean, you saw it at the bar. Yeah, I mean, we all went to a bar afterwards, and I mean, it. Uh, you know, people were drinking to lower their blood sugar, and then after you hit that happy medium, you were just fine. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And by the way, I also realized at that moment that um, I'm not sure about our live events because I, I I watched a lot of high end cyclists and triathletes enjoying an evening in a bar. And um, yeah, uh, not exactly their environment. Not a rowdy um, crowd. No not a rowdy crowd. No. no. We may want to uh, maybe rugby night. Um. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Maybe rugby hey, night. Hey, what hey, could go wrong? Let's blow up the toilet, <laughs> yeah. dude. Just shove it down. Shove yeah, it down. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, but going there and seeing our friend Chris Lucas, who was also on the ride that yeah. night. I mean, we were all kind of shaky, and that was a blast. I mean, it was. It was the best bachelor party ever. I can't imagine not a female presence. For the bachelor party. I mean, mm-hmm. there were no strippers. No, There were some women who kept backing into our corner trying to take over our area. And I guess I was the obnoxious one. So I was in charge of, of moving them out of the way in some distracting manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was about it. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I Roger got, and I got pulled out on the dance floor one time. Oh, you did. And, and we did dance with them. And then we were kind of like, they're like, why aren't you guys drinking? I'm kind of like, oh, we've done enough for one day. It was the neck of wafers. I can't drink. A little hard to do. Roger couldn't find nibs. Oh God, that would have been that would have that would have nibs it are all delicious. Home. That would have brought it all home. So I mean, and we were talking earlier about training, and I think maybe we might be able to find a problem for the disease here, uh, symptom here in in the bachelor party activities. Candy, a lot of candy. <laughs> um, it was oh God. It, so either way, it was the best bachelor party I could even think of. That was I mean, huge, and it was. I mean, you know, and and the funny thing is, is and I think if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably be like a person who can understand. It's just like cycling. It's just like any endurance sport. If you don't do it, you don't get it. And yeah. 
you can understand a group of like-minded individuals just out for a ride with a theme and everybody's positive and happy to be there and it was the best day ever it was and, funny um you know you you cannot complain one bit and i would i if anybody's listening please accept my most sincere thanks for even coming because <laughs> I cannot imagine a better day. We do have to mention, however, at the top of every climb, there was a line spray painted across the road, and it was made sure that you were the KOM of every climb. And yes, I was the king of the mountains. Yeah. And um, like I said, finished in yellow. Like I said, uh, you know, you're nothing without your teammates. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, I think, um, you know, a lot of people are saying they're looking to their team leader, going, you know, I could work harder. I think they looked to me and they said, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm working a little hard. Maybe I'm going too hard. And and I think maybe that comes out on the, the video too. But uh yeah, I think I think that happened also. But uh I I don't know. It was so funny. I mean it, yeah, we had a king of the mountain at the every top and you know, I mean it was fun. I remember one time they hit they launched me too soon. <laughs> that was my fault. You I launched was the me, one. You launched me and I'm going and I'm like and now I gotta keep going for another four hundred meters. <laughs> we got you up ahead of the group, and everybody's like, it's "Go, like, go, go!" And you're like, "Oh God, that's a false flat, isn't that's it?" That's a long time that's to go. Shit, he's and got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I kept going. I I don't know. I mean, it was so fun, and I mean, I can't I can't imagine a better day. It was. It was I mean, I if you know, it's I'll I can honestly say I'll never get to do that again. No, well. Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even know if I'll ride the course again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you can recreate that night. And, no. And so it's just like, you know, you, you wouldn't do it again no matter what, and I won't do it again. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. I, I remember talking about getting married. I'm like, well, this is why you do it once. But, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, but I mean, the wedding was also awesome. Too, wedding so. was beautiful. It was, it was really cool. It was not a huge gathering. You guys didn't go for the big old crowds, which was cool. Uh -huh. um, it was short to the point, and uh, man, it was, the reception was was cool. And I mean, it was it was really well done. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I thought it was. It, it went great, and I can't. Yeah, I mean, once again, I mean, the the high point for me is really being married to the gal I'm married to because I think she's great. Um, love her to death. But the day of the wedding was actually a blast. I mean, and I'll walk you through the wedding a little bit, too. This is kind of fun. Roger and I actually spent, like, it was just like a race. It was the funniest thing ever. You know how you've got all this time. So I, it was an evening wedding. I think we started at 6. You warm up by walking the aisle a couple times, a couple sprints down. No, back, no, it was cool. even worse. Get on the trainer for 45 minutes, something like that. Well, you'll understand this, and I think most racers will. You know how you could get to a race three hours before the start of the race because you, you need the time to you know just kind of get your head right. And you, no matter what, you get there 20 minutes before the race, you get there three hours before the race. You're yeah. always rushing to the start. Oh, yeah. You're always – well, so I, I get up and kind of had a day and – you know, I didn't do much. I went to, I think I went to coffee and, you know, and just kind of hung out. And then after that, Roger and I met for coffee and uh, actually sat at a Starbucks and just talked and, you know, reminisced and stuff. So it was a blast just hanging out with Raj right there. And then I get a call from my brother, Mark. Yeah, we got a problem. What? My tux doesn't have pants. Okay. So we <laughs> you know, we're already late at this point because, you know, we've sat in Starbucks just laughing about stupid yeah. stuff the entire way so roger and i run down to mr tucks which is right away from the starbucks we grab it turns out my brother didn't he his pants for his tux fell behind the seat or something and so <laughs> we we run back to the car 
you know, like 20 minutes, we were, we were cutting it tight to start. We're driving, we're driving to Coeur d'Alene, you know, talking, kind of laughing, going, yeah, once again, we're supposed to be there at 4.30. We left Spokane about 4.10. Sorry, oh, Alicia. God. And so uh, she's like, you know, wedding's at 6. Pictures are supposed to be at 4.35, and we're, we're cranking. And we're sitting there. I mean, I, I got Roger a, a watch as, a, as best man for my wedding, and so I'm adjusting his watch. I, I took the pins out in the car as we're going. This is um, supposed to be a nervous day. You know? Yeah, and we're just okay. sitting there, and we're, we're laughing the whole time. This is how great the day was. So then we get to the parking lot, and we're supposed to go to my uh, the, the um, preacher, my another one of my great friends, Bill's, um, room to change. We're looking at it. We're at like 435 when we pull into the, the Coeur d'Alene. I'm like, that's just not going to happen, Roger. He's like, yeah. So we change right there in the, uh, <laughs> in the parking garage. You know, put the tuxes on right there. You know, oh they're God. doing each other's cufflinks. <laughs> and so we run downstairs. We're right there at about 440. And oh, my God. Right into pictures, you know. Holy and crap. I left the house, I think, before you did. Yeah, we were horrible. Um, oh, my God. But uh, it was just, well, no, we just left Starbucks. And then we got, we, if we'd had, you know, the 10 minutes, I blame my brother, of course. Um, yeah. Bastard. Um, but no, uh, it was fun though. And then the wedding, I'd say the, the pictures were a blast. I mean, everybody just had a good time and then the wedding was short and to the point. I mean, the only glitch with the wedding was, uh, Bill, who's not a professional preacher, didn't tell anybody to sit down. Really? Because I thought that was just kind of a thing. You know, we, we stood for a good portion of it. No, we paid for chairs. We could have used them. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Well, if I'd have sat, I'd only use the edge of it because I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. As well, you should have been. Uh, no. And then I thought the wedding ceremony was surprisingly pleasant. Um, cause you know, I mean, sometimes I don't know. I've been to so many weddings that I just cringe. Oh God. Yeah. And some of the ones that last an hour and a half or you're just, yeah. Okay. We love is patient. Love is kind. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, got it. No, oh, I can hardly wait till Butterfly Kisses plays at your freaking reception. <laughs> or, or the new train song. Marry me. Shut up. I hate that song. What are you, you going to throw up? Huh? <laughs> oh, no. I just realized I just made a mistake. There will be an edit. <laughs> Was it at the wedding? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Pause for effect. That's- and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. This is Backfiller. 
we're going to go ahead and edit the no, show but, for the uh, first time uh, in a long time. But otherwise, the, the, well, here's the funny part is, is I think we had 30 seconds of... Uh, um, <laughs> no, I could get in trouble for that. You don't need to get in trouble seconds, for that. We had 30 seconds of uh, wedding march, 30 seconds of Did you leaving, yeah. and that cost $200 for the DJ. For a DJ. Yeah. We are we are apparently race announcing is bullshit. Yeah, two hundred bucks for a couple hours. Yeah, not even that. Let's forty five minutes. Yeah, tops. But wow. I mean, you Good know, gig. Good you go gig. there. But I mean, honestly, it was a pretty reasonable wedding. But then we went upstairs. I thought the reception the reception was really fun. I yeah. thought that was really cool because we had like sixty people. You know, and the the meal I thought was really good, and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed oh, it. Was everything. Awesome, and yeah. it was great view of the lake, and yep. nice place to do it. Yep, you know, yep. So, so. and it, it, good God, even think. I mean, I we have an hour show. I'm thinking of all the stuff that we need to still catch up on. We've done. We have announced. We've called. Oh yeah, four races. Yeah, Spokane River Run. Yep. Did we call that in the last? We called that. In I, the think last we, podcast. I think we announced we it at the last, last podcast. podcast. Okay, the uh, Windermere Marathon done and done, done and done. Windermere Marathon uh, again, another a, a great event and growing event. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what? And I, I even though it's something that that did not go according to plan, that was seen as a mistake. Let, let me stop you there. Let me stop yeah. you there too, because let's let's get it. Let's give them credit where credit. I want to applaud them. I'm going to the, applaud uh, them. Yeah. The marathon though. Let's let's go. The marathon went off. I thought pretty much without a hitch, flawlessly. And that's the, half the marathon, big dog. The half marathon went off pretty much without a hitch, perfectly. And that's that's the draw. And and talk about a growing event. Absolutely, well hats off. Oh yeah, and and we have to also remember that because the the problems came in, and and I want to kind of make this as you know one of the subtopics of the show. And here we are, almost halfway into it. Um, in terms of dealing with problems that arise i i will i don't think anybody's ever going to attend an event that goes perfectly i i I, it just doesn't happen that's why people hire you and me yeah because we make things look well wow that was really smooth yeah yeah exactly and so and you know um and i think these guys who are realtors and real estate brokers for a living take on this event and put this thing together and they they're they have every year has improved tenfold and and I'm just I just want to say that these guys did a great job. They we had a they had a mistake with the 5K, with and, the 5K run, and, and it I, was not I, their fault. And it wasn't their well, okay. Who first of all, their 5K organizer, irrelevant. their 5K organizer, from what I understand, went home sick. Well, I mean, I think blame is irrelevant. If yeah. you have a if you have a case where there is a problem, you know, okay, it's the race director's fault. Okay, yeah. great, but that doesn't matter. What well, Buck's it was, got to stop somewhere. Buck stopped yeah. somewhere, but it's. It's a mess, and you fixed it. And I tell you what, they fixed it right. Absolutely, um, they did what they should have done. Um, they they restarted the race. They did everything they could in their power to make it right. Yep. And you know, sometimes things are just going to happen, and that's why. How many times you've been to a race where a course marshal yeah. doesn't know the right direction, turns people in the wrong direction, which is what happened but at this event? But who's a course marshal? A yeah. volunteer. A volunteer. Yeah, and you can't get upset with them. They're in volunteers. They're that the key word there being volunteer. And races can't happen without volunteers. No, it's the nature of any endurance sport. I don't know. I just got to give my, my my hats off to Windermere Marathon. I'm proud to Absolutely. announce that race. I'm glad they have us. Um, I'm, they have us every year. Um, 
And you know? so, and so the, their best thing, you know, to give the listeners a little idea of the whole story is what happened was they uh, they had a, vo- a course volunteer who who steered people down the wrong direction. Boy, did he! Half the group turned in a five k and did about one and a half k. You know, we're we're looking out and we're seeing finishers coming in after seven minutes, going, "Wow, we've got some Olympians!" And all in, we in could do, community. and all we could do is announce the races. Here mm-hmm. they come, folks! Yeah, here, whoa, yeah. And their call was because the second half of the group did the whole course as it should. And so you've got two groups finishing. The The, the race director made a, made a judgment call. He says, we're going to restart the 5K. If anybody doesn't want to do the 5K over again, they automatically get free entry into next year's race. And we will restart it. We will try to make the times happen for the people who are still out on course, and we will make the times happen for the people who are restarting. If it doesn't work, we're, we're giving it our best shot. And I looked at that guy, and I went, brilliant. Nothing else you can brilliant. do. Brilliant. Because that's how, you, that's how you cover a mistake. You say, we, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I'm not going to say it wasn't my penis that I Twitter photoed to somebody else. I'm going to say... Especially when your last name's Wiener. Wiener, yeah. I'm going to say it was me. I did it. It's, it's you know... the, Wiener the sent, mole? Wiener sent the Wiener. Yeah, exactly. See the mole. <laughs> Molly, moly, moly. See the mole? That's mine. Yeah. And so it's just... He, he admitted to it, and I think that was brilliant. That's how you handle that type of a thing. And so I applaud the Windermere people, and I think you put on a great event, and it's going to keep getting bigger. Oh, there's no there's no doubt in my mind. I uh, I love the Coeur d'Alene Marathon. I absolutely yeah. love the Coeur d'Alene Marathon. I think the Windermere Marathon may actually have a chance to become bigger. Really? That's, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful course, too, from it's what a, I'm told. Well, you look at the course. It's an easier course. I think Windermere does a good job of really promoting it. They're creative with their promotion. Yeah. And you look at the, the, the growth rate of that race. If they keep going, that race could get pretty big. Yeah. Oh, man. And it it's... Like I said, and there's a lot of cool stuff that they put on with it. I uh, I was on their Facebook page after the event, and, and you know there were the good old classic, hey, you know my time, blah blah blah, meh. You know you did a 5K, get over it. You know so quit complaining. Run one next week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, and I I apolo- I, I don't apologize. I applaud. I'm used to apologizing apparently, and I thought they did a great job. So well done, well done to that one. Uh, next event covered was um, you. I didn't get to see it this one, but was the 24 hours around the clock i, I was busy being married and moving yeah absolutely no and uh, what i'm saying is is uh that you know and that was a fun event i with round and round productions those guys have been putting on events since christ was a corporal i used that one already on the show and you, you have actually one, and yet you? i i did not know that christ was in the military well he started out low and moved his way up. And so uh, I haven't done anything with Round and Round for a while. It was great to be back with Gino and Wendy. Uh, uh, that, this event is just a lot of fun. Talk about endurance sport royalty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, if you've never done a 24-hour mountain bike race, you're missing out on an experience. Just the, the entire, it is like, as they describe, Woodstock on wheels it is just it's hilarious you've got the campsites you've got people with uh, I mean, just couches they th- bring out and put in the dirt and people sit in them and they've got i mean just it's it's hilarious the beer gardens uh, blenders powered by gas fueled and just 
I'm it, I'm so used to calling triathlons and, and a lot of higher end events where people are worried about diet and intake and their equipment and all these things. And, they're, and uh, we've said on this show before that triathletes, you guys are the most obsessed people I've ever met in my entire life. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, in a good way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In and, a good way. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's just you 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 have to you have to accept each thing as as being different. I mean, can you imagine coming from the triathlon world and then trying to deal with cyclists? Oh no, I agree. I mean, it's yeah. your that I think that's your perspective is is you look at it from a cyclist perspective to look at triathletes. My goodness, I mean, you know, you're talking about like a full on wife swap. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> we're gonna take you to Billy Bob's apartment and you're gonna you're gonna have six kids. But I but I teach figure skating. Yeah, <laughs> not no more. You're gonna milk the cow. Yeah, that's a that's not a cow. That's that's a cat. I don't know, but it can be milked. Uh, <laughs> So it was, you know, it's it's a really fun event, and I really like how you know to seeing people. Yeah, I I finished my first lap, and they're riding around with a beer in their hand. The David's Pizza Mark Star David's Pizza's truck was out there the whole time, serving up you know midnight pasta feed and all this kind of stuff. And it was it was it was fun, a fun race to call. And uh, did you step whole twenty four hours? Oh God, no! Nobody needs to hear that. Yeah. Um, no, I I was I started around. Oh, probably 10 a.m. and broadcasted until about 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went home. I, I didn't go home. I went to the structure we're in right the now, the PMS. The, and I uh, I sacked out in here with uh, my as- trusty assistant, my 12-year-old son, who was having a great time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have – I'll have him on the air here someday. And um, just to, you know, manipulate the youth. He's ready. Yeah, and uh, I, I got to sleep until probably 7 or so in the morning. Nice. Got up, went over, clicked on the mic, talked till about one thirty. That was it, man. It wasn't, wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. If I broke it down hourly in terms of pay rate, well, let's be honest. I don't announce for the pay. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a, a lot of fun. Thanks to Round and Round for putting on a great deal there. And then uh, lastly, when we just did a couple days ago. That's one of my favorite races of the year. I I look forward to to both those races that they put on. That's a Radiant Lake Triathlon. Radiant Lake Triathlon. Sw- swim bike run Northwest. Uh, oh yeah, Kurt and Christine. This was this is a cool event, and it's getting bigger, and it's nice to see it in its second year. Nice to see growing. them, and it's that's a solid event. That's put on yeah. right, done well. Um, great to be associated with them. And, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, that's it's it's always fun and. Um, I, I like to think we do a pretty good job of them. I I can't believe the accolades we get from those two events. I know. What's I mean, every wrong time I people. feel very appreciated. Yeah, Espe- you know? especially when we're making up names for the ones we didn't have. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, yeah we'll apologize for that. I think if we Never. call somebody George Clooney, they should be flattered to be called George well, Clooney. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. You know, or, <laughs> of course, when you say, yeah, okay, this is Jennifer Aniston chasing down Angelina Jolie, there's always been some bad blood between them. But it was a competition. It made it more exciting for the fans. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, sometimes we end up with uh, a sheet, and we didn't. Yeah. We, we like to get an announcer feed so we can tell who's coming through where, but we didn't have one at this particular race. So I had a sheet um, with... The numbers, but the numbers only went up to 104, and the actual numbers that were given out went up to like 125. Yeah, and so we had all these people out on course that would come through, and so I just made up names for them. Yeah, we had you know everybody huge star catch. It was like the red carpet. It was pretty amazing who showed up. Yeah, but that's you know, and they put on a lot of fun, and it's it's a super short try. It's just boom, it's over, and 
I mean, I think our winners were under an hour, weren't they? Uh, I think right around an hour six. Oh, was it? Okay. okay. I want to say, but I mean, still pretty pretty fast considering it's a half mile swim. Moving, yeah, and it was, and it's it's just it's quick, it's over, and and I, it's a great first try for a lot of people because we did have the entire gamut of of athletes there, people who had never done anything like that before all the way up to the pretty darn experienced people and we even had final like some of the final competitors the final two three people coming up and actually getting podium spots because yeah. they were little older competitors so they would get they they they, they took home hardware and that was pretty oh, cool yeah. so you know it was a short enough triathlon that even yeah. some of the last competitors still made the um uh, award ceremony, ceremony which yeah. is you don't see that in a half or you don't you don't even really see that in an olympic no you know, and I I gotta give Christine props. I don't know how she does it, but she gets more swag oh my for gosh. raffle drawings. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do, don't pull that. That's the emergency exit. He says that's a little off show thing. Mark's playing with the windows, and he's about to actually kick out one of my side windows of the PMS rig here. Oh, they both come out, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, the swag she was giving out was awesome. I mean, just uh, you know, a lot of road ID stuff. Uh, of Brand new pair of Oakleys, uh, gift certificates, all kinds of stuff just randomly thrown out. If you're not doing the uh, the race, the river try, you're missing out. Oh my God, she's gonna have a ton of stuff there. So well, I mean, that's the big one too. Yeah, um, that one's that one has actually grown. We've done that every year. That one's big. We did that their first year. Yep, and yep. we've done that every year since. It- and we have a generator this year. We do. We bought a generator, boys and girls. So now the pack filler experience is everywhere. I've been borrowing Gino from round and round. Thank you, Gino. Far- oh, Gino. Oh, my God. I owe Gino so much. It's not even funny. But we've been doing that for far so long. And uh, no, I'm looking at the calendar trying to figure out the exact dates. The exact day of Race the River is the 23rd and the 24th of July. So be there. 23rd is the kids' race. 24th is the actual big dog. Uh, 23rd, um, you if you come out, you might hear the uh, broadcasting debut of a young Jackson Bulger. He said he wants to be the play-by-play guy for, the, for a kids' race. And I said... That's doable. Yeah, exactly. He's ready. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just I haven't figured out how to sign the tax forms you know for a 12 year old to work but mm. i could talk to some theater yeah. moms yeah that's true and the, the other thing is too i mean you know talk to maybe some of the farm kids yeah you know it's the same thing exactly <laughs> you know and also in the third world they're they're very good at making munitions i believe the third world and the 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 farm kids parents would just look the farm kids especially would probably if i were to talk to their parents they'd just say just tell them to shut up and do it well, but he can't shut up. He's he's announcing yeah, and just tell him to do it. That's what we did. Yeah, yeah. So so that's going to be a fun one. Um, but you know we don't have to talk calendar the whole time. Um, you know exciting I, stuff though. There is there is one thing that I kind of wanted to touch base upon, and it was you know every year with uh, Velma, not every year, every show with Velominati, we've been talking a lot about their rules and using their rules and riding their rules pretty hard. Um, I I've always had my own little list of things. I've always called them the commandments. If you look back upon the website. Uh, you'll see my soapbox commandments. And I, I think um, rather than blindly stealing all the time from Frank and all the great guys over at Velominati, I think we need to come up with our own list of, com- of commandments okay. and, and bring them up to every show. And this kind of leads us into a little bit of topic that we can kind of roll through for the for the, a little bit what we have left. Um, the pack filler commandments. Um, my and And 
I like that. I like that. I think we need commandments. Okay, so I'm doing this show. You're, you're, you get the next one. All right, all right. and we're gonna we're gonna leave these. We're, we'll post these on the okay. site so people all know. Right. And and this one, I think I'm, I I like to go no brainer. I like to kind of go along the duh category of things. Um, thou shalt not third eye. Oh God, that is so true. Especially during the run in a triathlon. <laughs> Knew you were gonna pick on her. <laughs> you did. I did. I did. Bless her heart. There was a nice elderly woman doing the triathlon this last weekend who who had a third eye on, and I, I'm pretty convinced she had it on in the swim for crying out loud because <laughs> she came. She had it on the bike, and uh, and then she had it on the run. And I can't remember what I said, but I was kind of giving her a little bit of crap. For those of our listeners who don't know what a third eye is, I really don't think you need to. And uh, Exactly. Um, if Live in ignorance bliss. is fine on this particular subject, don't if you see one, run away. Exactly. Just run away. Yeah. Um, it's the dumbest thing ever <laughs> made that continues to <laughs> infiltrate our sport. It's this horrible attack. Attachment. No, no. Ignorance. Okay, I won't say it. Thou shalt not third okay. eye. Thou shalt not third eye. I, my main thing about it is... That's right up there with thou shalt not kill. Thou yeah. shalt not third eye. Okay, my main reason for it is, is I think that cyclists across the board, and this reminds me of your bachelor party, and no offense to our triathlete friends, you need to learn, first of all, how to look over your shoulder to see if there's traffic behind you. How to how to take a hand off the bar and look over your shoulder and see what's coming on behind you and not swerve across four lanes of traffic. I'm I I, I want to talk a little bit about bike handling, okay? And the fact that bike handling is not necessarily uh, the expectation that it should be. Anymore. The expectation with who though? I think I I just it's especially in terms of traffic. If you're going to be a cyclist that's riding in traffic, I think I think there are many specific little skills that should be learned. Okay, um, let's hear them. Oh, because okay. obviously you have you have an idea. I I hear the segue. No, I'm just I'm I'm my my topic is is bike handling, and I think you know riding with many of my friends who are triathletes. I'm 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 astounded at the fact of what I take for granted. Well, I'm I'm always astounded with the uh, the yeah I am too actually. I mean, just things of where you're going to sit, where you're going to be. You know, just drafting. Drafting is really quite remarkable. Drafting. Um, I, I I remember learning drafting as a kid, where you think, "Oh my God, I'm so close to this guy," and then if somebody comes up behind you and shoves you into the draft, and you finally get that feeling. You finally know, "Oh crap, that's wow, awesome. That's, that's a lot better." Yeah, um, I I think I think that is an utmost thing that needs to be learned by all cyclists if you're going to ride in groups. See, triathletes don't have a use for that. They do not. They don't socially ride together. They do, but they don't. Um, I would say the triathlete is a strange beast. Um, oh, don't. they do they do social things, but a lot Agreed. of times they will start a ride in a group and then hammer. Then then it's a then it's a, a hammer fest until everybody's by themselves. Really? Yeah. Pretty okay. much. Okay. Okay. You know. So, but but what use do they really have of drafting though? Too because any race that I mean, well, many of the races are simply not draft legal. Yeah. And they're also in those bars. So you're looking at people oh, with yeah. limited... And those bars are tempting to go into. So there you are in those bars drafting someone, but you've got no brakes. Yeah. So if you overlap a wheel, you're done. You know, So it's yeah. drafting is of limited use to many triathletes because they don't have the bike handling skills 
to really be right up on it. And then they're in those bars with no yeah. breaks. So I mean, how you, many, it's a recipe for disaster. How many crashes do you see in teen time trials in the major tours? You know, they're quite often because yeah. those guys, that's just a thing. Well, yeah. All right. All right. Fine. So I suppose, I suppose, but by the same token, drafting is something that's second nature to cyclists. And so when you see somebody on a bike that doesn't know how to draft or, or is not, com- maybe they know how, is not comfortable drafting, the way a cyclist is, you may be judgmental, but by the same token, of what use is it to them? Because the only thing drafting is going to get them is a time penalty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that one. Okay. There's one. Uh, looking over your shoulder, I think, as I as stated earlier, I think that is something that absolutely has to happen. Sure. You have to learn the ability. I remember as a junior riding on grass with my coach and exp- and practicing a lot of these things. Mm. I think new cyclists need to do these things and learn these things. I think cornering. Especially in traffic. Oh, cornering is one of my things. Big time cornering. I mean, watch the Iron Man. That's, it's hysterical. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the worst cornering you'll ever see. Now, and I'll By s- fast people. Yeah. Strong, strong oh, people. Oh, God, yeah. And I'll say, I mean, I'll say uh, mountain bike riders, I think, have a better understanding of lines than a lot of the roadies I know. Although roadies, you know, you get you get a crit rider who's going to really know how to ride, mm-hmm. ride a corner. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that, I think, you know, you kind of go up in level of difficulty as far as bike handling is concerned. And absolutely, the mountain bikers, hands down, you know, I mean, yeah. give them their props. Hands yeah. down, they've got it. It's a different, it's a different cornering style, though, too, though, because they're using brakes in so such a different way. But they're so aggressive and so competent. I mean, they can they can transfer their balance to a road bike very easily, whereas a road biker cannot transfer their skills as well to a mountain bike. I don't know if I'll agree with you 100 percent on that. Well, I would say a road biker can transfer the strength and and maybe make up and power through things because road biking, I think, really gives you a good training base. Yeah, but I think you know knowing bike handling and doing those things, I think mountain bikers probably get the edge. I mean, I'm not saying except a lot of them smoke. (laughs) Those are the downhillers. I'm joking. Yeah, the down is that. I didn't realize that was a sport. I thought that was like chess. Downhilling? Yeah, I thought that was like chess and backgammon and sorry. Yeah, I that was oh, that was the same uh, thing. And and figure skating? Uh, maybe I think figure actually downhilling is not, it's timed though, so it almost becomes a sport. Uh yeah. Was, I mean, if it was judged, it would well, definitely. I mean, not sorry, be a sport. if you get all four of your pieces and at the right time, but you you're win. not being timed. You're not being timed. Speed, sorry. <laughs> Speed, sorry. We have just come up with a new event. Speed, it's... sorry. <laughs> go. Yeah. I Damn mean, it, roll I the know. dice. Roll the dice. <laughs> go, 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 go. Come on, you're slowing me up. Oh, you blocked me. Yeah. Damn. Um, but uh, no, I think uh, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time. I don't have a hard time saying that downhillers the skill involved is remarkable um i just really don't like the vibe no i agree i just I, think no, it's I, a I smoker heavy metal crew and generally speaking yeah i mean we deal with generalizations here all the time yeah i'll agree with you yeah 100 yeah, you know I, I i see people who invest heavily in downhill equipment and i know they're not going to probably be listening to the show because they probably there would be no interest. No, and so I can call them douchebags and and get away with it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but you know, I mean, if they want to, yeah. You know, once they get injured at downhill, I mean, they can always go to speed. Sorry. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I got my back. Sorry. Speed. Actually, in speed, sorry, it's sorry, sorry, sorry. Next, go. Your turn. Go. Oh, go I next. got the slide. I got the slide. <laughs> 
Is that shoots and ladders? I think there's a slide. Is there a slide? Inside. There is a slide. There is a slide. God, I can't believe we're remembering these things. Random. Um, bike handling skills. Emergency braking. You mean like I shouldn't just use my rear brake? Yeah. It's like that. A car pulls in front of you. Oh, shit. Yeah. To be able to understand, you know, get your butt back on the bike because you're going to probably have that rear wheel pop out of the ground. Tough to get that skill without a criterion. <laughs> Well, right in traffic someday. I, I realize that, but I think you know, racing in a pack really hones oh, those yeah. skills to where it's second nature. Well, and but racing in a pack, you learn the art of not breaking. Well, yeah, but you I mean, learn how to everybody riding because if you're breaking, you're scared. you're sprinting out of the corner. You know, you're yeah. you're learning to ride and keep that buffer distance and soft pedal and pedal and soft and you know, and those kinds of things. And I think that's vital. Mm-hmm. I think I think some packs. Some pack mentality is would be very beneficial to triathletes. Well, yeah, absolutely. But having said that, I can understand. I mean, there's a lot of triathletes. Well, look at the work ethic and the nutrition habits of triathletes. Do you think that would be beneficial to cyclists? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. A bit. Yeah, just a touch, yeah. you know. And so, but I mean, both both sports have their own culture i think as far as bike handling is concerned i do think that the Ironman is a just a wonderful place to watch bad cornering i love it it's oh my god, god i can't believe you're upright <laughs> you made it through do they corner in the full tuck tri bars oh yeah in that you can do that's no problem oh my god that's awkward though well for a i usually have corner, to drop out into the cow horn i i usually go into the cowbell the cow horns or bull horns or whatever cowbells cow bull horns doctor's got the fever yeah, and the uh, prescription's more cowbell more cowbell <laughs> um but like i know i usually go to the drops um coming in like on the the hot corner in quarter lane um you know just prior to the apex there yeah or, okay. prior to the apex i'll go into the drops and then i'm right back into the corner and but usually i like to get up out of the saddle right out of that corner anyway and get a little acceleration so but i tell you i mean you feel like such a god coming through there i mean more so than any cycling race because you're by yourself it's all like a tour de france um you know i mean the crowd is lining the boulevard wow. for like a mile or two and you're just and you're doing like and you're down you're on a slight downhill Thrown, thrown down in the big ring. Oh man! Tell me that's not cool. No, that's cool. I you agree. Know? I mean, I don't get to race races where we've got those big crowds like that. No, anymore. not since Whitefish. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was just because I was there. You yeah, know, like oh, I've always heard of him. Now I want to see him. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, yeah, that was a pretty <laughs> small crowd. I think it was my wife, your now wife, Jesse and, and Jesse. Jesse and Emma were there too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other one, you know, and I have a, uh, I have a friend of mine who, who had a difficult time at the 24 hour race recently at just simply, um, riding without riding with one hand off the bars or riding with both hand off the bars. I think that's something that should be learned by all cyclists. I mean, you take it for granted as, as kids, because I don't know about you. I mean, as a kid, I always rode my bike. I was everywhere. I was hell. You learn to steer a corner without your hands on the bars. But, um, unfortunately I had a, a, a friend of mine who, who f crashed hard in the 24 hour race, riding with one hand off the bars, hit a tree, tree root and flipped over, broke his jaw, broke several teeth. Um, just, just would skills have himself. helped that though. I mean, if you're tired and then you hit a tree root, I don't know. I don't know, but it just made me think in terms of, of that, that is, you know, and I, I, I doubt that's what did it. You know, Charles, if you're listening yeah, he can't, he can't yell at me anyway. Yeah, because he broke his jaw. Hey, um, but uh, <laughs> you're sure screw 
you. No, um, sorry, Charles. I'm not making fun. Yeah, I kind of was. Um, I take it. More down. instant breakfast. Yeah, you can kick my ass when <laughs> you're when better you're, when you're out. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, that's just a mistake, is what it sounds like, or I mean, just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's still a timing. good skill to have, though. Yeah. I, I see your point. Yeah, because you're going to need to. You're going to need to take off a jacket. You're going to need to do all those kinds of things and and be able to handle. Any of that stuff. So, I mean, I think that's a, a vital skill. Being to have. comfortable doing that stuff is pretty important. Yeah. You know, but that's time on the bike. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff comes with time on the bike. Yep. You know. Yep. All right. So that that's kind of my uh, one of my topics. You know, and and the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about too was um uh, I you know and hopefully to kind of drum up some some excitement about it. Um, uh, there have been s- some races and some series created around our area that have um canceled because of low numbers uh, there was a time trial series here just recently that was canceled because of low numbers and um i mean i think that's almost a topic for a show in itself the the perpetual ability i mean i'm i find myself sometimes in that situation where i will train and train and train and train and train and never actually go out and do the races and um we're in kind of a a renaissance here in, in Spokane in our area in which there are a lot of races finally being put on and um, people aren't going to them. a lot of effort going into that area. Yeah. And I mean, there are people who are trying to do this for a living mm-hmm. and maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, I mean, I'll admit to go out for a one hour race and have to shell out 20 bucks for that race. I'm starting to think to myself, a f- yeah, 45 minute effort, 20 bucks, um, two bucks a minute. Yeah, that's that just I start to which really it's 50 cents a minute, but I mean, yeah, I start to wonder if that's something I need to do. And so anyway, well, those things happen. But I mean, the one thing that's great is seeing effort at people trying to put on races. But I think yeah. one thing to keep in mind is not every race succeeds either. Yeah, not every race is going to work. And that's OK, too. But you got to look at the promotion of the race. You got to look at who's putting on the race. What what kind of value people feel they're getting for the race? I mean, if you're going to do a forty minute time trial, um, very easy race to put on, and you're going to charge twenty bucks. Yeah, I mean that's great. What's the hardware? What's the payoff? Is there a cash purse? Is yeah. there anything like that? And yeah. quite frankly, if you don't do that, then why would I pay you twenty dollars? Yeah, for my ribbon. Yeah, thank you. Or no ribbon. Or no ribbon, or no, no, no it's a reason. Pat on to the do back. It. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Great job. Wow, you're really fast. I mean, and that's why people do things. But you need to have some fun behind it. Is it a beer thing? Is it a, is it is it a dinner thing? Is it yeah. you know you really need to have a package these days and to make things work. I think one of the groups that does great races everywhere, and I think they've got a kids try coming up the day before the Founders Day is Trifusion, and they do a kids try, and everything they do is perfect. Yep. And, you know, a lot of that goes out to Roger and Jesse for, for having that standard, but that standard's been set. And yeah. you can go to a Hot Summer Nights 5K race. You're going to pay $5 to race. Yeah. And you're going to leave with $10 of swag. <laughs> Seriously. That's if you don't win, you yeah. know? And you're probably going to leave with $10 of swag. And if you, and, and that's a very, um, slim chance that you didn't win a door prize because there's so many door prizes. Yeah. So I can't, I can't really bag on that stuff. I think it's a great thing. Um, it's becoming the uh, it's becoming the art of making it more appealing rather than just simply a race. Well, is, is it? I mean, yeah. are we at that point now where it's it's a little song and dance, or is it 
swag or is it fun or is it, I mean, I guess there's, there's a difference between a race and an event. I agree. And I think a race to me, like a race, like a Tuesday night race or something is one thing and that's going to be supported by the culture. And that's put on, yeah, exactly. That's 10 bucks or something like that. Supported by the culture because people want to come out and throw down. Yeah. You know, and, and it's also supported by the people who show up week after week after week. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, if you do a time trial series or you do a criterium series or something and you don't get the numbers, well, I mean, you really do have to turn around and go, why am I not getting the numbers? Is it because there's no cyclists in Spokane? Or is it because there's no cyclists coming to my race in Spokane? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I mean, what I would say to that person is don't get discouraged. No, I agree. Don't get discouraged. Put on a different race. Figure yeah. it out. Because you just need to figure out the, the combo. An event, on the other hand, I think Trifusion does a good job with events. Yeah. Um, when you see an event with Trifusion, it is an event. Right. So... It's a good standard. So with that, we're we're almost we're almost to the point where we got to finish up. Let's talk about the event. Hey, boys and girls, we are two weeks away from a big dog. You know, we're going to be uh, out there announcing all over the place. We're going to be at uh, well, Tri Monroe is going to happen at the end of the month. So make sure you're there. Where's Tri Monroe? Tri Monroe is in Monroe, Washington. Yours truly will be out there. I'm going to try and figure out a way to throw you in the back of the trunk I'll, and maybe I'll be drag there. you out there I'll go. and see what we can go. But uh, definitely um, look for us in the calendar. We're going to be promoting all that kind of stuff as the year progresses here. The live shows are something that are still we're still kind of tweaking those, making sure those happen. But uh, we we definitely want to get out there and play. Well, I think we'd love to do to the live shows. Always been trying to hard. I think you have to understand too that we one we need a place that wants us to do a live show, <laughs> which there are actually places that do. And two, then we've got to get the equipment down there, and we've got to get it. You know, people who want to hear us and things like that. Yep. We don't want to intrude on someone else's show. We don't want to do that. So it's been. It's. I think it's going to happen. It'll happen this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But uh, live shows may or may not happen. The uh, the final thing that uh, I think we also have is the show itself. Are we going to three shows a week for the summer? Well, three, actually, three shows I, a month? I can guarantee you that there will be all summer long. There will be a show coming onto the site every week. Perfect. Every week there will be a show. So you can get your pack filler, your whatever on, you know, and, and we'll be coming at that. Uh, John Snyder, who's a, a, a friend of mine who's in our local city council, has agreed to kind of come on to the show with us. Hopefully he'll plug us a little bit in, in, uh, the, in his little magazine outside. Out, Talk about uh, a yeah. uh, fantastic supporter of, of all things outside. Yep, exactly. That's, that's a great idea, Pat. Um, you bacon muffins? No, actually, that just tells me that uh, that dinner's just about ready. Oh, okay. You are baking muffins. <laughs> All Boys right. and girls, thank you for yet another show in the Pack Filler Mobile Studios. PMS, I am Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hodson. We will talk to you next time. Take care.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.